Welcome to Geminit, a podcast about knitting, spinning, dyeing, and other crafts in mid-America. Hi, I'm Sherry. And I'm Tamara. Thanks for listening. We are recording on November 13th, 2021, and today's episode is Gifts for Knitters. So hi, Tamara. How are you doing today? I'm good. How about you? Good. Thank you. So what are you knitting on? I am knitting on a bright, hot, pink, can you see? Yes, bright, sort of. Bright, hot, yes. pink hot chocolate hat. Um, uh-huh. I think I might be back on a hot chocolate hat knitting jag. <laughs> I was going to say, are the hot chocolate hats back? Yeah, yeah. Well, I really love this hat, and so do friends and family, and I've been looking around the house because it's cold enough that I'm wearing a hat almost every day now on a dog walk, uh-huh. and I can only find one full hat and one ponytail version of the hat around the house. I need more than that, obviously, and I don't know where the rest of them went, and I actually had to fight to get back the blue one because I was at a marching band event the other day, and my mom was there, and she'd forgotten a hat, so I let her borrow mine, mm-hmm. and I had to fight to get it back at the end of the night. I'm like, you don't even have a ponytail. Like, there's a hole on the top of your head. I need that back. (laughs) So I'm making this one, and then I think I'm going to make one for my mom. So that's what I'm knitting. What about you? I have questions about the years first. It's hot pink. You normally don't go for pink. So is this for you, or is this definitely a gift? No, this one is for me. It turns Uh out I can wear a pink if it's bright enough. Yeah. Yeah. You look really good in raspberry. That's good. Thank you. So I am in the theme of the show. I pulled out my brother's Christmas socks and I am working on that. I've talked about these before on the podcast because knitting socks for my brother is a multi-year project because he has humongous feet. And uh, these are thin sock yarn socks, not like worsted weight socks. A nice, simple project. I am still mostly working on the April cardigan. It's getting close to done, and I am shocked at how slow working on only one project at a time is. I am so used to starting a project, getting like three-fourths of the way done, abandoning it for maybe a few years and coming back. And since it's three-fourths of the way done, I start knitting on it, and boop, it's finished, and it goes so fast. I knit on the same project, and only that project, Apparently, it takes like three or four months to finish the sweater. (laughs) I had no idea. No idea. I don't think I'm pleased with this information either. But so it is. It's turning out very, very well. I'm very proud. And I just finished the neckline. And Uh I am now on the last sleeve, except for I'm going to have to rip out and redo the first sleeve. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. It's fine. You do it all the time. It's fine. You know, I do. What? It's what happens when I make things up while on the needles and I didn't really check. I did a little bit too much by instinct and not enough by math. So the arm is humongous. But yes, it's fine. Uh, Apparently, I just threw in a mulligan at the same time. What else do you have for this section? Okay, so I'm almost finished with that top-down worsted weight cloak. That one I'm doing out of Knit Picks uh, Simply Wool, which is a... Mm -hmm. It's a worsted weight. I almost think of it as a heavy worsted weight because it's so warm on my lap. And that's awesome because it's a cloak. It's getting really big and it feels great on my lap because we're getting dark earlier and it's chilly and it's just mm-hmm. the right it's the right weight to have on my lap. So I've got that one. Oh, and then I finished those turquoise trail cowls that I showed you last time. Mm-hmm. I knit the long version out of that same wool silk blend Charlemont from Valley Yarns. And then the short version was out of some old rusted chair DK that you gave, gave me. Uh-huh. 
those were a lot of fun, and they're going through editing so that I can put them into test netting next, uh, early next year. And I finally cast on the T for next year also, and mm-hmm. it's the wrong season to be knitting on a T, but I'm making myself do it anyway. So that's going. And then I've been wearing all of the wool. We haven't talked about what we're wearing for a while because not that much, but I've been wearing a lot. <laughs> Anything in particular that you want to mention that you've been wearing? Um, I've been wearing my sherry pullover, and mm-hmm. I wore a cobblestone. This is a long time ago. I made it for the husband, and mm-hmm. he decided he's not really a heavy sweater kind of person, and so I have inherited it out of brown sheep. Mm-hmm. Lamb's Pride, so the blend of mohair and wool, and it was warm. I wore it most recently for the, the football team made it into playoffs for our high school, which means that the marching band continued to do halftime shows. And so I go until the halftime and uh, then go home because I'm there for the band. <laughs> but uh, I wore that to the most recent football game and it was pretty warm. The cobblestone is, I think, hands down my favorite sweater ever. I have knitted that no less than three times. And I currently have two that are not completely worn out in Yes, I love it. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. Okay, I guess that's it for this section for me. Okay, Uh, do you have any mulligans? I do, I have one. It's not knitting, it's like a tactical life error. So Uh I'm going to include it because it feels like a big one. All right, I think I've mentioned before that the younger teen is pretty good on a unicycle. Like, he's good enough, he can juggle while riding a unicycle or play a trumpet while riding a unicycle. Like, really good, right? Mm -hmm. So I started following this group on Instagram called Frontline Uni. Front range uni, it's unicycle riders in Colorado, right? Mm-hmm. And not too long ago, they had a video of a whole bunch of people on the top of a mountain trail and some crazy guy going down the, the mountain trail on a unicycle. Mm-hmm. I was shocked. I'm like, this is the worst idea in the world. And so I went to go show it to my teenage son because I thought we would have a conversation where we said, oh my, what a stupid thing to do. That's not smart, right? That is not what happened. Like I, I, I <laughs> you can see I where saw this that is going. Coming. I saw that coming. <laughs> you can see, you can see where it was going, right? Because he <laughs> says, "Wow, that looks like fun. I like that." And I'm like, "Oh no, oh, I have made a tactical error, a huge tactical error." <laughs> yeah, so that's my mulligan for this time. <laughs> well, I also have a mulligan. Um, the real one I was going to talk about this time. And it's also sort of the same sort of thing. While it's yarn related, it's not something that I did. Yeah, I'll just say what it is. I went to the Cause Convention, which is the Kansas Alliance of Weavers and Spinners, and for the weekend, and my mom came and dog set. And she put Ryan in the crate so she could leave the house, as one does. It's the correct thing to do. And... I had left my knitting on my work computer desk. So the knitting is on a desk that is not even touching the crate, although it's near a crate. And my mom comes back and the knitting had been pulled off of the desk. We don't know how. Probably vibrations made it fall off. I do not know. And Ryan had pulled it through a tiny little square in the crate. And it was a swancho, this huge swath of swancho. And he pulled it through the little square of the crate. It was uh, a huge ball of yarn, you know, when you get one of those humongous 150-gram hanks. So this huge Mm -hmm. sweater swancho is on the inside of the crate, and the huge ball of yarn is on the outside of the crate. And the only difference is this tiny little square 
And then Ryan has munched his way through a pair of metal knitting needles. Oh, no. Yeah, so we really don't know how this happened. But I cannot knit on this until I buy new needles because I don't have any others in that size. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I'm not being 100% sweater monogamous because I was knitting on this also because it was nice having this big swath of fabric in my lap because it was very warm, just like you said. But yes, yeah. that is stalled out now, too. And it had been going very fast. Yep. Yep, yep. I'm not even sure if that was interesting. But it was very much, how did this happen? How did this sweater fit through this tiny little square? And the only thing that was hurt was the needles, but they were destroyed. Completely yeah, destroyed. no, that's really yeah. that's really something. I didn't even know you had to worry about metal needles with a dog. Like, that yeah, wasn't on my yeah. radar. So by the time this goes out, this is going to be way old news, but I've already posted a photo of that on my Instagram account on the Gymnet podcast uh, Instagram. Okay, I'll have to go look. Yeah. I'm ready for the topic of the show, are you? Yeah, I am. So we are talking about gifts for knitters, the giving gifts and what to give them and things like that. I am going to go ahead and start just talking about gift giving in general. So you know when people say it's the thought that counts? which is whenever they say that, it's a terrible thing because it means that that gift was so bad that person like didn't even put any thought into it. So trying to make it better with that statement because that's clearly a failure. When giving a gift, take just a moment and notate what you know about the person. You might say, Sherry, really, I'm into the fiber arts because I don't really have people skills. I get it. I totally get it. In that case, use your intellect and puzzle it out. Take a moment to look at their clothing. They wear their favorite colors. If they always wear black or taupe and they're very classical, they they probably don't want variegated. If they are in blue jeans and a t-shirt and flannel, they probably don't want glitter. Or when they do want those things, they want to pick it out themselves. So the stuff they're wearing is the stuff they like and things like that. And then at the very end, you can always give them a gift card to their favorite yarn store. That's not a fail, Uh, but that's like the last resort. So ignoring the thoughtless gifts, there are two kinds of gifts out there. There is the one that you gave because you thought the receiver would like it. Then when you're at the yarn store or on Etsy or wherever, and you're like, oh, those colors, they are so, they're Tamara's color. She is going to love this. That's one type of gift. There's the other type of gift that is something that you want the other person to have. That's often toted as like an inappropriate gift, but I disagree with that entirely. I think it's totally okay to give it as long as it's given with no expectations of it being loved or used. So these gifts are the ones that will either be a flop or they will be an incredible hit. I'll give an example of that. My first three years of knitting, I did not buy those little safety pin stitch markers because they cost like $7 and I was doing fine with dental floss and thread. My best friend, knitting friend at the time, because he didn't know how to knit yet, she gave me some of those little clippy markers. And I was like, what is this? This is, this is mm." life changing is what it was. Life (laughs) changing. So that's one that was an incredible hit. But when I got it, I did not think I needed it or wanted it. The first type of gift I think is better for goodwill and maintaining friendships. But the second type of gift 
you can sprinkle them in once in a while. Just don't have any expectations. Try to remove your emotions from it. So analyze what you're giving and why you're choosing to give it so that you know so you can manage your own expectations. And it doesn't hurt to put like a little note in saying why you pick something out if it's like odd and the other person like doesn't know. Finally, it's like, okay, you're just tired of lackluster gifts from family and friends and you just like don't know what to do about that. Join a swap group. Oh my, I cannot even tell you how awesome these are. So in these group, they're like-minded people that want to craft a package for someone else. You sign up, you fill out this detailed questionnaire of likes and dislikes. It like takes an hour to fill these out. They are that detailed. So these people probably end up knowing what you like and what you do not like more than your family does. And they are knitters and you're in there together because you want to be. So it's not like it's imposed on you. These groups can be found on Ravelry by going by searching. You go to the advanced button across the top of it. Oh, it's called the advanced search button. And then when that pops open, you choose forums. You type in the word swap and then filter newest to oldest. And then you can see where people have posted and in their post it says swap. And I found sock swap. I found um, some other swaps. Once you do that, you click on it, you read the rules of the forum, do a little research about it, how it's modded, what they do if people flake out and a package doesn't come, see if, you, if it fits your needs, then join and start swapping. So I have my favorite group. I am not going to mention the name because it seems like, like a little secret um, club. However, Ravelry, you can post stock me and you can find it like in 30 seconds. I'm just not going to tell you how. So <laughs> go find your own group. The swaps, I love getting swap packages and sending them and they're the best. That is my little bit about gifts and gift giving and things to think about. So Tamara, you've actually done research and you have stuff about gifts. Tell me about it. Okay, yeah, I actually wrote a blog post this year. I've been meaning to do it for a while, but this year I, I buckled down and I took the time to do it. And I had a lot of fun doing it. It was more time consuming than I realized it was going to mm -hmm, be because mm -hmm. there's so many choices to sift through. But I had a plan to start off with and it didn't really work out the way I thought it was going to. So instead, I ended up including some of my favorite gift ideas for 2021. They were either things that I already own and love and think would be a great gift for any knitter or things that I don't own yet, but also think would be a great gift for any knitter and would love to get mm -hmm. one. And I basically separated it into three sections. That was the plan from the beginning. Like I thought I would talk about the tools and gadgets and fun and useful things in one category and then books in another category and then yarn in a final category. And I thought it would go yarn first and then books and then the tools and gadgets. But as I was researching, I found that I actually think the tools and gadgets and fun and useful things is the best category as a gift giving because by the time mm -hmm. I got to books I realized you know I found some really new books and I talk about that in the blog post but a knitter really books only needs hard. One, one copy of any right? book and unless you can go sneak a look at their mm -hmm. bookshelf mm -hmm. you don't know what a knitter already has so that one I ended up saying like here are some brand new books that I think most knitters probably don't have but a gift card is a perfect option for this, like to your local yarn store so you can support a local yarn store or, mm -hmm. you know, someplace online if if you don't know how to track that down. And then the same thing for yarn. Yarn's actually very tricky. I ended up putting that last because you need to know what your knitter likes. Like it's yarn is consumable, so they're always going to need more. Like I can't imagine ever thinking to myself, wow, I didn't need any more yarn. Right. 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 <laughs> 
But you do kind of need to know what they like, like what kind of fiber, what kind of weight, what kind of colors um, to make an educated choice there. So again, I reverted to, you know, in this category, if you know what they like, this is a great gift. Otherwise, maybe support local, like do a search of local yarn shop or yarn shop in whatever city your knitter lives in and kind of go from there to see if you could get a gift card or a gift Mm -hmm. certificate and let a knitter pick out their own yarn. Mm -hmm. And actually, while I was doing that, I thought what would be good is a little survey that every knitter can fill out and then give to people that might give them yarn so that they know. And I'm like, I'm going to make my own of those. I might post that next year. (laughs) So I had talked about, uh, I'm just going to butt in a little bit. On the swaps, we fill out those surveys about what we like and don't like. And Mm -hmm. I have often wished in the extended family gift giving thing, when you like draw your aunts or uncle's names, that Mm -hmm. we would be forced to fill out such a thing also, because it's sort of unfair that strangers know more about what I like and don't like than a family member that sees me twice a year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yes, I think that's an excellent idea. So that's what I ended up with those two categories. But then I also shared about things that I found or have that I really liked. And I have a list of those. Those were in the tools and gadgets and fun things. The first thing I will say about these is kind of along the lines of what you were saying. It really works to either go on to Etsy or go on to Pinterest or maybe even just start from Google and say, Pick something that you know your knitter likes. Say your mm-hmm. knitter likes Doctor Who or likes Star Wars or likes, you know, whatever, Game of Thrones, whatever it is, like something they like, coffee, and then put in a search for coffee and knitting. Yes. Star yes. Wars and knitting. And then you might be shocked by what you find. There might be all kinds of stuff you hadn't thought of, but also you've already narrowed down your choices to something that you know your knitter likes. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good first step. But the things that I added on my list were like the leather ruler bracelets. I actually don't have any of those, but I look at those every year and think, I would like to have one of those because it looks like a bracelet I would wear, mm-hmm. kind of retro in leather, and it's a tool, you know? So that one was on my list. Um, beautiful knitting needle gauges. And I actually listed a specific Sunrise Grove that makes the gauges that go into my knitting toolkits because I did a lot of curating to get to what goes into my kits mm-hmm. and that's who I ended up with that had the most beautiful at a nice price point and durable and so I added a link to her stuff there and then knitting bags from Zoe's Bag Boutique you can cause... never have too many knitting bags Right. And she's got great, great bags and they're durable and she's got a lot of choices and a lot of different fabric choices. I've always wondered, like, how much fabric does she have in her house? Like, how big is her (laughs) fabric room? (laughs) It's got to be bigger than my knitting stash, right? I have no idea. And then uh, Vecchia Necklight, which is not sexy, but I have mine in my knitting bag and wear it a lot. Like anytime we're, Uh yeah, anytime we're on a road trip and I'm not driving, like, I can't see my knitting after whatever time it gets dark, depending on the time of year. If I have that, I can just wear that like a necklace and it's got a light on both sides and you can kind of cycle through whether it's bright or brightest or, you know, I use that quite a bit. Or if we're watching a family movie and everybody else wants the light off, I can turn on my neck light and still see my knitting. So, mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. And then I added things like knitted knitting themed mugs. Is like mm-hmm. maybe you'll find something that matches something that your knitter is interested in already. Knitting toolkits is one, and then also stitch markers and stitch marker sets. And actually, 
this is a little bit biased because I make stitch markers and stitch marker sets at my Tallgrass Knitting at my Etsy shop, but I like this one a lot because kind of like yarn, I don't feel like I can ever have too many stitch markers. You can niche down to what your person's interested in, and these are normally a lower price point, and so... Mm -hmm. I like those as a gift because, like, maybe you could throw in one of something along those lines and then also something else. So, like, it feels like a bigger gift or more varied gift. And so. not only are stitch markers small and cool and inexpensive, they also are always being lost. So, you always need more. They're consumable, like yarn is. And then when it comes to like those knitting tens or uh, the traveling knitting kits, you pretty much need one for every knitting bag. Again, those are great. Even if they already have them, getting them more is usually well received. Right. Yeah. I Every house I live in ends up with, I when we move, oh my gosh, there's these the stitch markers that I haven't seen for seven years. And how did that uh -huh. one get under, you know, under the <laughs> pantry shelving? And yeah, they do get... They do get lost and, and used and put in, I have a lot of different project bags. I feel like I probably couldn't have too many of those either. And mm -hmm. they'll get left in a project bag and I'll find them again next year when I'm ready to use that project bag again or mm -hmm. in a few months or, yeah. So that was kind of my list. And I'll leave a link in the show notes to the blog post because you can actually see some of the stuff I was talking about. I had a lot of fun doing it. What else did you have? I like the coffee mugs. That is everything because you took care of this. I agree with all of that, definitely. So are we ready for That's Entertainment? Yeah. Do you have to do podcast announcements or does... I probably should. I was so busy looking at your blog post while you were talking. I minimized my show notes. <laughs> <laughs> podcast announcements. Join the Geminit Podcast group on Ravelry and follow us on Instagram at Geminit Podcast. That's entertainment. I thought about doing like a gift theme or a Christmas theme, but I'm not ready to think about it, which is crazy, but I'm just not ready. I have a different theme doing this month. It's the theme is sort of science and space, and it just happened that way. I listened to the book Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir, narrated by Ray Porter, and it was so good. So good. So incredibly good. I liked it way better than The Martian. Okay. Yeah. So I don't want to spoil it, but it's the same sort of thing. It's uh, a science guy that is out in space and uh, terrible things happen. And then he has to figure out how to survive in the long term until the book ending. The only thing I didn't like about it is in the Martian, they cuss with actual cuss words. And mm -hmm. in this one, all of the cussing is like, golly gee. And they do it a lot. And I'm like, don't do it at all or do it for real. It's this, this whole toned down thing, but still dropping it all the time just bugs me. That is, that's just a very minor thing on the overall story of the book. Also, I don't like the way the women are depicted very much either. It seems very... It doesn't seem very current, but it's hard to tell if that's the book or the narrator. It was fantastic. So okay, good. You have... I'll have to read it. Okay. Okay. I was like, do you have any questions? Because I don't want to talk about it too much because I don't want to spoil things. So I'm being like very vague, which I feel like is not helpful. 
I did like it better than The Martian, and I wanted to check to see if I was like misremembering or whatever. So I pulled up The Martian narrated by Will Wheaton, and no, I definitely like it better. Oh, yeah, that's good. I actually like the Martian movie. I haven't read the book or listened to it on audio tape, uh, uh-huh. but I like the movie a lot. So I think I will like reading that. So that's good. I have not watched the movie yet. That's crazy. I know because I know I'm going to like it because I've got good reviews and I really like the actor and the work he does. So I know I'm going to like it. It is sprinkled with hard science, mm-hmm. although it's very much like high school level when it's being dropped in, but they use it all the time. They like science their way out of everything. So that is fun. Yeah. That's actually my favorite quote from the Martian. Uh, And it is a cuss word, but he gets stuck there on the planet. He's like, I'm going to science the shit out of this. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then this month, November, has been the month of meteor showers, just all the time. Now, I have only caught one because I live in town, and I do not just live in the city, not town. And we do not have stars in the city. We have the moon. We have the planets. But the stars are impossible to see because of light pollution. Well, cause was in Augusta, Kansas, which is a pretty small town outside of Wichita. And we rented a Airbnb type house outside of Augusta, Kansas, out in the country. I was able to catch the torrid meteor shower. It was the day after the peak, but there was still plenty going on. By the time this comes out, We will have already missed the Leonoid meteor shower, which I may or may not go out and watch that because there is a lake just a few miles from my house. If I want to go out there after dark, it's pretty dark out there. And this will be out in time to watch the Geminid meteor shower, which I think is um, pretty cool because it seems has the same base word as our podcast. And the Geminid meteor shower peaks December 13th through the 14th, but it you can always catch these um, usually the few days before and the few days after too, or even weeks before and weeks after. So it has been a very busy month of looking at the sky and thinking about space. Cool. All right. What about you? I have one space thing, I guess. We watched the Dune movie, the new uh-huh. Dune movie that just came out. We finally found out, figured out that we could watch it on HBO Max, and so we decided to sign up for it for a month or two, because turns out there's a lot of other stuff there, too, mm-hmm. that we haven't seen for a long time. But we streamed the new movie, and it was really good. It was way better than the miniseries that came out in the year 2000. The older teen works at a movie theater, and they've already seen it. Like They, they get some perks they get to go for a discount or free every so often, and so they've already seen it a few times, and they're like these are all the reasons you really don't want to watch it at home. Like you want to go in the theater, you want to see the big theater and the younger teens like, Oh, that's just movie theater employee propaganda. It'll be fine. (laughs) And so so we streamed it at home, but actually I think the older teen was right. And it Mm -hmm. would have been pretty awesome on a big screen. Mm -hmm. That was our space thing for this time. And then let's see, I read a book that I really liked. It was The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle. I think it's The Seven Deaths in the UK, but Seven and a Half in the US, and I read it from a US. And this one is kind of like a murder mystery with Groundhog Day. You remember the movie Groundhog Day where he wakes mm-hmm. up every day, it's the same day, and he's got to relive it? This is kind of the same idea with a little twist. Like, the main character wakes up and doesn't know anything about the day, but kind of learns stuff, and then something happens, and 
they wake up again in a different body and they can remember what happened the day before, but they don't know what's happened to the person that they're in. And that just keeps happening until they figure out how to break the cycle. Mm -hmm. It was pretty good. It was fun. It was a good thing to write, read. The description of the book says, and some of the hosts are more helpful than others. Cause like, <laughs> that's true. Some of the people are clueless, but I, I read that. That was pretty good. And then, oh, I made potato leek soup. We got leeks uh -huh. from, from our farm to table. And uh, I went looking and I finally found a recipe that seemed pretty easy to do. It felt very French. It was very few ingredients. It was really easy. I did spend a lot of time rinsing and chopping and cutting off parts of the leeks. And I, that was time consuming, but I think it was worth the effort. The older teen and the husband really liked it a lot. And I had fun while I was doing all the chopping. I would shout out in my best uh, cloudy with a chance of meat mills voice. There's a leak in the house. There's a leak in the house. And like nobody else thought it was funny. Because <laughs> in that movie, you know, there's all kinds of vegetables and food and stuff. It's animated, but there's a leak in the boat. And somebody turns around and says, there's a leak in the boat. And, you know, it's L-E-E-K leak. But it's mm -hmm. it, like nobody cares in my house. <laughs> but I had fun doing it. And then I got to visit an actual yarn store. Uh -huh. That was exciting. We took a couple of car loads of teens to the Kansas City Renaissance Festival and just kind of kicked them out and said, go have fun. And mm -hmm. then I followed the younger teen to a juggling meetup in Loose Park, which is not too far from the plaza area of Kansas City. And I pulled up on my phone. I'm like, I am only like a mile from a yarn store. And I ditched the park. <laughs> I took the car and just left him there and went to the yarn store. He's old enough. It was fine. And his dad was actually with him, but it was awesome. I got to go into an actual yarn store. I got to see actual yarn in the yarn store and people and other knitters. Mm -hmm. And I guess the first time I've done that since we don't have a local yarn store here. And so it's the first time I've been in one since the pandemic started. So that was pretty great. It was um, yarn social in Casey. Mm -hmm. You talk about that one. Cause I, you go there some. Yes. Um, I And I happened to stumble into a trunk show for one indie dyer and run into another local indie dyer while I was there. So it was great. Yeah, it was fun. Excellent. All right. Is that everything you have for this? Yeah, I think that's it. Okay. Join us next time. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.